We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. As we've been saying, uh, this series is a little bit more teachy than preachy, so that's why we're sitting down and we're going to be engaging and dialoguing with you guys as well too, and dialoguing with each other and really just sharing a little bit about our heart and how our, our, our experience has been through marriage and building a healthy marriage. And so... We're going to talk about the last two forms of intimacy. Intimacy is the greatest in marriage. Intimacy is greatest in marriage. Communication is great, but if you don't have intimacy, you won't be able to communicate well. Correct. Let me tell you, partnership is great, but if you don't have any intimacy, the partnership is going to crumble. Yeah. So intimacy is definitely key. And last week we talked about sexual intimacy, about the physical aspect of it. And this is what we discovered, right? Sexual intimacy is not limited to the sex act. Correct. Sexual intimacy is not limited to the sex act, but it does beg the question. You guys remember this from last week? Am I attracted to my spouse? Yeah. It does actually beg that question. Am I attracted to my, my spouse? Yeah. And so as we go into this next two levels of intimacy, mm-hmm. we're going to unpack that even more about how you can learn and become more attracted to your spouse. Correct. So the second form of intimacy that we want to talk about today is soul intimacy. Soul intimacy. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'll take some notes. Note takers are history makers. Mm-hmm. And this is talking about the personality of a person. The personality of a person. So, so this one is like not really, am I attracted to my spouse? Mm-hmm. But do I even like my spouse? That's a serious question. I know we, we chuckled I got some chuckles. Some people got that right there. It's not that I'm just attracted to them. Like, do I even like them? Do I like them? Do I even like being around them? I could choose to love them, Oh yeah. but do I like them? Listen, uh, as you know, we went through this little itty-bitty you know, thing called COVID and this little pandemic a couple years ago. And one of the things that happened in a lot of relationships during the pandemic is they fell apart. Yeah. A lot of relationships fell apart during COVID. There's a lot of people who got divorced during COVID or gets, got separated during COVID. We mm-hmm. got very, very good friends who were married 27 years. And after being held up in a house for a couple of weeks, what they realize is, I don't even like you. Yeah. I can't stand your I hate the way you breathe. Mm-hmm. There's some people who were literally like saying, like, I just don't, I discovered I didn't like this person anymore. Right. Because you know how it gets with marriage, and especially if you have children, Everything revolves around kids, around sports, around things that are going on in life, around work. You show up, and you guys are almost like roommates. Yeah. You come in, you know each other's schedule. It becomes very transactional. And a lot of times, our kids become the escape from our marriage. Yeah. We get involved. And then what happens a lot of times is as people get older, as kids get older, and families, uh, couples become empty nesters, they realize during the empty nesting phase that I don't like you. Because there's no soul intimacy. Because there's no soul soul intimacy, exactly. So point number one, if you want to take uh, points in in this, write down some notes. The soul level is the level that marriages should be built on. Not attraction. Not attraction. Not looks. Those will fade. Absolutely. Gravitational pull is real. Expansion is real. We talked about mm-hmm. that. Craw. 
or the eyes, the wrinkles. Yeah, you know. It's real. But if you are in love with the soul of the person, if you're connected mm. intimately with the soul, it doesn't matter how you look. We've seen burn victims mm -hmm. be in the deepest and most passionate love, no matter what their face or their body looks like, right? Mm -hmm. It's because they have a soul intimacy there. I, I served as a marketing director for a, a home health care company. And, you know, as, as you get to know some of the people who are uh, being served, some of the clients that are being served, I got to go into a home of a guy who... Uh, got into an accident. Actually, he got shot on his job. Somebody was trying to rob the company, and he was out, and uh, it impacted his spine, and he was paralyzed all the way on his left side, all the way down. So all he had was movement of his right arm, and he was literally laying in bed all the time, but would lift him up, hoist him up, put him on um, his wheelchair so he could spend some time. And he had a beautiful marriage up until he got shot. Beautiful marriage until he got shot. And he says, as soon as he got shot, and his wife said that she was going to help him out, and then when the doctor said, you'll never walk again, all of a sudden, their marriage started to break down. And within months, she had left him. Because she said, I just can't do this anymore. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Let me tell you, the soul level of a relationship often requires little or no physical interaction or attraction. Correct. And that's why John Bevere, John Bevere is a writer, uh, uh, just evangelist, preacher, uh, and he talks a lot about marriage and, and all of that. And he says this, the soul level of the relationship often requires little or no physical interaction. So no matter what happens in the relationship, whether you are, you know, you become disabled or uh, something happens, I can still love you because I love you not for what you look like yeah. or what you offer me, but because we have a soul connection. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, and what's sad is, most people who cheat don't even cheat with somebody that looks better than their spouse. It's Fact. true. And it's because um, there's a soul connection that starts happening outside of the marriage. So the, you may not even be attracted physically to the person, but there's something in their soul that attracts you. You guys get to talk in, you guys get to enjoy each other's time in their company, not the physical. But then what's sad is that also leads to the sexual relationship and ends up cheating or having a fear. But it wasn't even somebody that looked better than your spouse. It was because of that soul connection that was there. Yeah, that's, that's a reality. But a lot of times, uh, individuals, especially who have long-distance relationships at the beginning of their relationship, their relationship ends up lasting longer because they build a soul connection beyond a physical connection. Correct. Yep. It's so easy to come together and just have a physical connection where, you know, uh, they, you cross the boundaries of, uh, of physical uh you know, separation and, you know, you gauge in the sexual activity and yeah. it becomes really good and the relationship gets built on that. And no matter whether you get along or not, how many people got people in their lives, or maybe it's you, so don't tell on yourself, but you know these people really don't like each other, but they've got a sexual connection that just has them connected. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason why they're in this relationship. Mm. Soul ties are stronger than physical attraction. Yes. But so they do... But they do often result in sexual relations. So married people, are you working on your soul ties? Mm. Not your physical attraction, not what, what things that you need to change on the outside. I need to get a nose job, I need to get a boob job, whatever. Are you working on your soul connection with your spouse? Yeah. That's the main thing that you need to be focused on.
So a little bit about our own story is when my wife and I got married, the truth is we didn't like each other. Nope. No, like for real. I couldn't stand her. I loved you, but I didn't like you. I loved her too, but I did not like her at all. I remember that time in the kitchen. Remember? Man, listen, married five years and we're mm -hmm. in the kitchen and we're yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. It never got physical, but like we are just yelling. We're going back and we're like, I hate you. She's like, I hate you too. Like, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just leave? I ain't going nowhere. And then I was just like, I know. Wedding costs money. I ain't going, we already invested. Yep. You're stuck. We put a lot of money into that. You know, that, that was a crazy thing is that we did not connect on a soul level in our marriage. In fact, uh, we've, we've often talked about this and when we're counseling individuals, when we got married, it was a transaction. Correct. Here goes the, re the reason. Because we had started dating, and then drama went down, mm -hmm. and then we broke up, and then we realized, you know, we're just getting to the point of graduating college, and life is about to hit, and the reality is like, I don't know what the future holds, but I know I've got somebody here who at least I can partner with in life. I knew that where her career was going, she knew where my career was going, mm -hmm. we were aligned there. Our parents loved each other. Her parents loved me. My parents loved her. Huh? And we're just like, this actually kind of works in the transactional way. Correct. And we might as well get together. And I remember the day I called, and I was just like, um, we, were, we were broken up. And I called her up. Um, I'm at the office. She's at work. I'm like, hey, um, so do you want to be with anybody else? Nope. And she's like, no, not really. She's like, do you want to be with anybody else? I was like, nah. Not really. I mean, so like, what are we gonna do? Mm. I mean, we were supposed to get married, right? Yeah. So we should probably just get married because if we date again, we're just gonna break up again. Correct. Literally, that was our whole, that was the- That was the conversation. That was the conversation. Okay, so how do we do this? Well, the courthouse, we can get married easy. Mm -hmm. All right, so, hey Chris, can you call the courthouse, find out what to do to set it up, and I'll work out everything else. And we walked into the courthouse. It was me, her, my sister, her brother, and we got married. And then we had a small wedding in my parents' house. Yeah. And then a year later, now this is what I'm telling you how, this, how crazy this is. Because we had already crossed the sexual boundary. Correct. So we had a sexual connection. Mm-hmm. And it was good. That it was. Facts. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of thinking, and she was kind of thinking, man, do I really want to give that up? Because we were young and we're dumb and that's all we were thinking about. Yeah. That's all that connected us was the sexual connection. The physical. The yep. physical connection. The physical intimacy is what held us together at the beginning. And literally, it's sad, but God can redeem anything, right? Yeah, can, can we celebrate that for yeah. a second? But I remember at our wedding, we're exchanging vows. We didn't even write vows to each other because it wasn't that deep. And then there's a picture of us. We're sitting on like the stage of the church and you can just see like the life is drained out. In my mind, I'm like, okay, I prefer, this is for real. This is for real. We did this. This is the third time. And so the first five years of our marriage was just Armageddon. Yeah. We just argued. We didn't get along. We were frustrated. We had sexual attraction, but no soul affection. Correct. 
And there's some people in this room who are in that boat. And you might have a boo, and you might think it's all getting great, but the reality is you are attracted sexually because you guys have created a physical connection, but there is actually no soul affection. Mm -hmm. So we had a marriage contract and not a marriage relationship. Correct. He goes, a question for you guys. And this is a question that you can process with your significant other, with your spouse. Do we get along, really? Yeah, it got real quiet. I'm telling you, that is a question that y'all need to broach. If you've actually never had that conversation, you need to have that conversation. Like mm -hmm. I said, 18 years, come on, girl. We've come made on, it. God has redeemed it. God has brought us together. And we'll share with you how that has happened as well, too. And the next question is? Do we enjoy each other or do we just tolerate each other? You guys tolerate each other. Mm -hmm. Do we get along or do we just tolerate each other? Uh, we'll tell you what tolerating looks like. I can't wait for alone time. Man, I just can't wait just to be by myself. Mm -hmm. I dread going home. I will do laps. Yeah. I will make stops at Walmart, at Meijer. You know it's bad at, at home when you got to stop at Walmart. <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody in here works for Walmart. I dislike Walmart a lot. But are you avoiding or dreading going home because you know your spouse is there? Absolutely. It, do you guys have a roommate mentality? And this is what a roommate mentality is. It feels more like slaving instead of serving each other. Correct. I've got to do this. I have to. I have, I have my honey-do list. Well, she's making me do all these things. Or, gosh, I guess I have to make dinner. I have to make sure that we got food ready for tomorrow. And can I tell you one of the greatest statements that I hear all the time, and I think is the stupidest statement it ever. It's the dumbest it's statement. It's the dumbest statement, there. and it shows like, hey, this is, you need to check your relationship. Happy wife, happy life. That is a lie of the devil. Happiness comes from your environment and things around you. Joy comes from within. Come on. So if you're too busy trying to make her happy on the outside, so, oh, you want this house? Oh, you want this? You want that? When all that fades, where's her joy? So that whole term of happy life, I mean, happy wife, happy life. Oh, happy spouse, happy house. It, it's not real. It's not true. It's dumb. It's fake. And it's a lie of the devil. Absolutely. Because the reality is you can't actually make anyone happy. That's something they had to do on their own. That's something they had to experience on your own. And true joy doesn't come from somebody else. It comes from God. So in order for me to find joy, in order for me to receive joy and be excited about serving and loving is because I'm getting that from God. And now I could, I could share that with my spouse. Not happiness. Joy. And just yeah. give you one more on that. Happy spouse, happy house, or happy wife, happy life. That is actually called codependency. Mm. that is unhealthy. And we got a few social workers in the, in the room and psychologists who would be like, yup, that is absolutely codependency, and that is an unhealthy way to have a relationship. You should not rely on your spouse to make you happy or to make you whole or to make you joyful. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, I preached a message called Reset, Don't React. I don't know if you guys remember that in, in the series that we were preaching through. And here's the reality is time away is needed. I know it's nice to get away sometimes. Yep. I'm an introvert. 
believe it or not. And so I do like alone time. I do like to get away and have it quiet and and have some time by myself. But here's the question. Is your time away escape or is it a reset? Because most of us are actually escaping. We're not resetting. I just need time away because I can't stand you. I can't stand the kids. I can't stand my job. I can't stand everything else. And we're not actually going to reset so we can come back healthier. We're just trying to get away enough so we can breathe and then come back and tolerate even more. Yep. Because you're going to come back to the same mess that was there when you left it. Yeah. Half of the time, the mess is you. Meaning that when you need leave, you need to reset yourself. So when you come back, Don't you're healthy, you're happy, you're joyful, and that radiates off of you and touches your spouse and your family yeah. and those around you. Yep. Listen, and, and a lot of us have, have uh, hobbies, and hobbies are a good thing. Yeah. Can I be real with y'all? Like, I love to play golf. My brother is one of the best golfers that I know. Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> want to be like him when I grew up. Like, he plays golf really, really well. He's excellent at it. I'm still learning. and <laughs> But... One of my hobbies is golf, and I love going out on the golf course. It's serene and it's quiet, and the reality is I do that to kind of reset and get away, but I want my wife to learn how to play golf because if I'm going to reset, I want to reset with her. I want to be out there on the golf course with her. I want to be out there having conversations. I want, I want my hobbies to be something that she can enjoy too yeah. so that we can do it together. I don't want a hobby to get away from my spouse. I want, my, I want to get away with my spouse yeah. on that hobby, right? Y'all, we went golfing. I suck, y'all. But I had, <laughs> I had so much fun. And the laughter and the jokes and the intimacy and, and talking as you walk to different holes. Like, who cares about the game? The fact that I was with him was yeah. the, the best part of the, the experience, right? Yeah. And, and, and there's this, yeah, come on, we clap on that for sure. <laughs> and uh, there's this thing, and I, I know I'm coming, at, I'm coming after us, guys, the man cave. It's okay, get at them. Listen, <laughs> listen let, me, let me be real about the man cave. My man cave will be our cave because I don't want to get away from her. I want to be here. So when people were complaining through COVID, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't stand being by my house. And I'm like, I love being at home it with this amazing. girl. Like we have so much fun together. We laugh together. We joke together. We watch movies. She sends me all crazy type of uh, Facebook videos. And then I send her crazy ratchet Facebook videos that I accidentally shared publicly. And then Denver was like, bro, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, that was not supposed to go public. It was supposed to be for us. Yeah. But the closeness is, is so real. And we were looking up pictures last night because I was looking yeah. for a picture that he took of me where he, wear, he works late at night, like late, like going to bed at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and I don't like going to bed without him. And so he literally has, and this is in our house back in the days, so we had a little tiny office, like barely a lot of space in there. And he was working, and I literally just wanted to be close to him, and I just lay on the floor. And I fell asleep on the floor, and he took a picture of me. This is what my wife does. Like, she just wants to be close to me. And that's what it is. I really just want to be close to him. And so even a lot of times I had to, this is a side note. This is not on our notes. But there's a lot of times I had to discover myself. And there was times that I would be like, hey, I need you to help me fold laundry. And he was like, do you really need to help me fold? Do you really need help folding laundry? And I realized, no, I don't. I could do this by myself, but I, need to be, I would like to be close to you. So just that revelation of myself and asking for him to do things 
uh, was not necessary, I needed him to do it, is because I wanted the proximity, I wanted to be close to him. So now I know that, hey, if I'm in the room and I'm folding laundry and I wanna be close to him, instead of saying, hey, come help me fold laundry, I'll just say, hey, can you come do your work in the, in the bedroom, I just wanna be close to you. Yeah. So that was just a, a, a side note of being mindful of the things you're asking for, the needs that you have, and realizing what is the deeper meaning behind it. Yeah, it's, it, it's incredible because culture now has created this thing about, you know, independence. And so when we talk about stuff like that, we like to be around each other. Now they call that codependency. I'm like, no, that's love. Yeah. That's relationship. That's proximity. That's me wanting to be one with my wife. What did the Bible say? What did, G, what did God command Adam and Eve? The, two, the, father, the, the husband will leave his father and mother and the two shall become one flesh. Yeah. We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be united. We're supposed to be close all the time. So much so, like, I was traveling for work for the last two and a half years, and staying in the hotel was brutal. Staying in a, a room where my wife wasn't was brutal. So much so that I would literally have to fluff up pillows and put them right next to each other so that I could just feel like my wife is close by me. Like, I want to be close to my wife. I want that intimacy. I want us to be connected. So here goes two signs that you have a soul connection with your spouse. Yeah. Two signs that you have a soul connection. Number one is gratitude. You walk in gratitude. Yeah. And yes, my T's look like sevens. Don't judge me. And then number two, desire. Desire. Do you want to be around that person? Yeah. So Ephesians 5.20, I think we have this for the screen. Ephesians 5.20, do we got that? Please tell me we got Ephesians 5.20. We don't? We do have it. No, we don't have it. Okay. I'm going to read Ephesians 5.20 for you guys real quick. If you have it in your Bible, if you got a Bible uh, with you, let me read it to you real quick. It says this. Uh, giving thanks. This is the context of the scripture that we've been studying in this, this series. In mm -hmm. fact, I'm going to start it right at verse 15. I'm going to read verse 15 all the way to verse 20. It says, look carefully than how you walk, not as wise, but as, as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms mm. and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Are you giving thanks for your spouse every single day? Yeah. Are you walking in gratitude regarding your spouse every single day? Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I got uh, the opportunity to hang out with a couple that was celebrating a birthday of the spouse and to hear the husband talk about how much gratitude he walked yeah. in because of his spouse. Yeah. You know, sometimes we say those things. It's like, oh, you make me better. And it sounds good because we want everybody to hear it. Yeah. But do you say you make me better when it's just the two of you? Come on. That's good. Are you sharing these words? Are you encouraging your spouse daily and saying, man, you know what? I am so much better because of you. Yeah. I, I thank you so much for being in my life. I thank you so much for God giving me you. I think every time I wake up in the morning, I look at you while you're still sleeping, and I just say, thank you, God. Man, when I leave for work, I'm just like, man, I cannot wait to be back with my spouse because I'm so grateful for the relationship that we have. Are you walking in gratefulness with your spouse? Yeah. And do you communicate it? Yeah. Because that's important, communicating it, and not just feeling it in, in your heart and your mind. Are you letting them know that you're grateful for them? 
Um, there's another uh, verse that we want to look up is Philippians chapter 1, verses 3. And it says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Am I thanking God? Yeah. When, when I away, think about you, yeah. am I thanking God? Am I letting you know that I'm thankful for you? I'm thankful for you being a part of my life. I'm thankful for you being open and honest with me. I'm thankful for your intimacy with me. Are you thanking God for your intimacy, honestly? Listen, I was going to share with y'all some I told TMI. My wife told me I can't. I want to really bad, but she said I can't. Let's just say it had to do with intimacy and gratitude. <laughs> In the act. Praising God. In Jesus' name. Um, so I, I will share, because okay. I'm not going to go as deep as you will. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, no, but honestly. You did it. I, I did it. I did it. It's my bad. But honestly, after, after you have intimacy, are you... Do you realize it's a gift from God? God gave you a gift and said, open it. And he's excited about you opening his gift because it's from him. And after that, and when you're excited, you know how when a kid opens a gift and then they come back, thank you, mommy, or thank you, daddy. Am I going to my daddy, my father, God, heavenly father, and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this person that you gave me. It's beautiful. I love it. Right? Are you being, are you showing gratitude um, to your heavenly father for the gift that he gave you? So that's, see, I said it nicely. Amen. So desire. So two ways you know you've got a soul connection is gratitude and, and then desire. desire. Yep. So I'm going to read a text in Songs of Solomon uh, of the wife talking about the husband. She is showing a desire, a want for her husband. It says, oh, that you were like a brother. This is Song of Solomon 8. Verse 1 through 2 and 6, it says, Oh, that you were like a brother to me who nursed at my mother's breast. If I found you outside, I would kiss you, and none would despise me. I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother, she, used to, she who used to teach me. I would give you spiced wine to drink and the juice of my pomegranate. Set me as a seal upon your heart. Set me as a seal upon your arm. For, the love is strong, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is fear as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. This is someone declaring publicly their desire for their spouse. Correct. Do you have a public desire for your spouse? Do people around you know, we talked about this last week, do people know that you are attracted, that you desire, that you want your spouse mm -hmm. physically and just emotionally? I want you close. I want to bring you in. I want you to be close to me. I want you to live with me. What she was saying, like, if you were like a, a brother to me, meaning mm -hmm. uh, not some weird, you know, Southern type thing, no. but like... Uh, this is not some incest stuff, y'all. What, what, what she's saying is like, I want to I spend time with you like I would have spent with my sibling. Yeah. Who grew up in the house together. I want to spend that much time. I want to be that close to you. I want you to be with me at all times. Yeah, because back in those days, you weren't allowed to show public affection to somebody that wasn't in your, your household or that yeah. wasn't your relative, your brother or your, your father or anything like that. So in that term when he, she was saying, oh I, oh, I wish you were like my brother so I could kiss you, meaning that... I could easily kiss my brother on the cheek in public, but for your spouse back in those days, you weren't allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. So she's saying, I wish I could show you to, to the public that yeah. I love you and I could kiss you in public. And so that's where 
sometimes you have to dig into the, the scripture and understand where it's coming from and not just saying, oh, incest, that's weird. I don't want to kiss my brother. No, it's saying she wanted public. She wanted to be able to show public affection to Absolutely. her spouse. That's what that meant. So how do you develop a soul connection with your spouse? How do you develop a soul connection with your spouse? The first one is proximity. Mm -hmm. Proximity builds affinity. Spending time together. Yeah. Hanging out together. Doing life together. Yes, it's a big one. Going to the grocery store together. I hate going yeah, to the grocery store. Yeah, he does. I, I said, babe, don't you have that like, app that you could just I order have the it groceries? Now. But she wants to go to the grocery I loathe going to the grocery store, but I will go to the grocery store if it means I'm going to be close to my wife. We're just building affinity as we stay in proximity. So the first one is proximity. The second one is? Soul, not surface communication. There's a surface communication that people ask their kids, like, how was your day at school? All good or fine? We don't need that surface communication when you're, when you're with your spouse. You need a soul communication. Not just how was your day, but maybe a question like, what was the highlight of your day? What, what got you excited today? What got you down today? Like, dig deeper than just the surface in a relationship. Yeah, and what, some of those questions that I asked you before of, hey, do we really get along? Hey, what do you really love about me? Ask those questions. It's hey, okay. let me tell you what I love about you. Let me let you know how I feel. This is why, because a lot of times, we're like, I love you, I love you, and sometimes my kids add to, Dad, I love you. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> tell me why. Give me three reasons right now. Because I want to know. I want this to go beyond a surface level communication. I want it to go into a soul connection, Correct. right? Yep. And then the last one, this is really big. And for big. all the guys who came to the collective uh, last year, last fall, we talked about this. Being present over having presence. Mm -hmm. You can have a presence in the room and not be present. Correct. You could be, have a presence in your relationship, but not be present in your relationship. You ever have a conversation with somebody, maybe somebody at work, and they're telling you about their life, and you just don't care. Yeah, you have a whole conversation. So you're in your having head. a whole conversation in there, in your head. Why am I here? Why are you talking? How do I escape? I need chicken. But sometimes we do. <laughs> You know, say, like I need chicken. Yeah, your mind starts drifting. They're talking. They're spilling their heart out to you, and your mind is drifting. You name, That's not being, I'm, I'm present. I'm here with you. No, I've got a but presence. I have a presence, but, but I'm, I'm not, not present. present with you, you know. You could be in a situation, be a thousand miles away. Some of y'all sitting in this room right now are a thousand miles away, and you just retune now because the peripheral whatever in your mind just like, oh, he's talking about you. Then you're like, oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> but you can literally be in a room and have your body there, but your mind is a million miles away. Yep. If you want to build a soul connection with your spouse, learn being present yeah. over presence. So there's this, there's this trick that we do. Not a trick, but there's this thing that we do. And I want to challenge every marriage here to go do this. Some of the guys from the collective, you guys did this with your spouse. This is all I want you to do. I know it's going to sound crazy. I know it's going to sound crazy. You're going to be like, you're just trying to get us naked. Well, kind of, but <laughs> this, is what I, this is what I dare you to do. If you're married, I want you to totally disrobe and then lay down next to each other or stand next to each other and embrace each other for three minutes straight. 
Not saying a word. Not saying a word. Come on, Not come on, somebody. Come on. Yep, there's one guy. He's like, I've done it. I'll do it again, preacher. Yep. You want me to leave now? Yes, if you want to. You can leave now. Go do that. No, seriously. I want you to try that. Totally disrobe and hold and embrace each other for three minutes saying absolutely nothing. You don't know what type of emotions and intimacy that brings. I would do that and literally start crying yeah. because there was something deeper that I just needed that embrace and it never came up until I just had time to just pause. Yeah. It was literally a pause in the day. Absolutely. And, and when you're when you get to the point where you're in tune with your spouse, the other that was a yesterday, mm -hmm. um, I was still laying in bed. My wife was out and about and I just felt this feeling like, man, I just I need to embrace my wife. And so I'm still laying in bed. I said, hey, babes, I just want a hug and a kiss. And she was like, OK, cool. And she's running around because she's because a little I Miss still, Busy Bee. I had those frying eggs. Yeah, she was frying eggs. It was on the stove. And top. then she finally came and laid down next to me and I held her and she was like, Thank you for having a soul connection with me because you don't know how bad I needed this right now. Yeah. Another trick that you guys get to do in the, in, in the form of building intimacy for the married couples, disrobe and just stare at each other. Just look each other up and down. Take it all in. And then just tell each other, I love every part of you. Yeah. Even the parts that you hate, I love. And I'm in gratitude. And I thank God for that. Because a lot of times, we walk in shame because of the way we look yeah. and the way we view ourselves. And we don't understand that our spouse actually loves us and cares for us and yeah. wants to be close to us. But then we don't ever give ourselves over them. There's always this peace that we hold back because yeah. we're ashamed. But when we just sit there with our spouse and be able to look at each other and just say, like, man, I love every part of you. Yeah. Every part that you hate, I love. And I'm grateful for it. I desire it. Yeah. I just gave y'all some game. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> don't even know. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was soul intimacy. Was that good? Was that helpful for you guys? Yep. All right. So the last uh, intimacy that we're going to get into is spiritual intimacy. Yeah. That's, the, that's a big... This is the foundational level. Mm -hmm. I've got a friend who's Australian, and he's preached here before, John Rewald, and he always tells me, Muta! got to tell you this. No, that's Irish, but you know. <laughs> I tried. I did my best. Um, but he's like, where there's two visions, there's division. Where there's two vision, two visions, there's division and there's division. The yeah. vision dies. Yep. So in your spiritual relationship, scripture says this in Amos 3.3, 3, can two walk together unless they are aligned? Hmm. So we've got some questions that you can have with your spouse. Yeah. The first question is really, are we spiritually aligned together? Or is there division? Are we spiritually aligned in what we believe, what we think, who we know God is to be? Are we spiritually aligned with each other? Yeah. And then the second one is, are you walking together in the same spiritual direction? Because if you're not, then there's, there's a spiritual intimacy that's broken. There's division. And remember, God instituted marriage. Marriage, in case you didn't know, let me just give you guys these facts. Marriage is not a legal contract. Nope. 
it's a spiritual covenant ordained by God. Mm-hmm. So it's a spiritual thing. Are we walking together in the same spiritual direction? Are we spiritually aligned? So at the beginning of this year, me and my wife mm-hmm. had the biggest fight. I done told my fierce sisters Oh, the fierce sisters already know about yeah, that? Yeah, I told them. Okay, spoiler alert, <laughs> fierce sisters. I done told you guys. All right, fellas, I'm going to tell you. We had the biggest fight. And you know where it took place? Right on the other side of this sound booth right here. Right here in this auditorium. We came out of a meeting. There was, ten, there was tension in a staff meeting. We came in here, and it just, like, Hiroshima just, boom. It was gnarly. It was epic. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't think we have ever, even in the parts where we used to argue a lot and fight a lot, this was just dip- This one hit a little different. Have mm-hmm. you ever had that fight where you're just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if we're going to recover from this? Yeah. Like, it was bad. It was bad. It was epic. We were just going back and forth at each other, and we literally did not talk after that. It was bad. And the only conversation we had was like, this might be the end. Mm-hmm. This might be it. This is the one that did it. This is the tipping point. And we've got friends who've been married 27 years who are just getting a divorce. We're like, we get it. We know how they got to this point. Mm-hmm. Because we're here now. And we realized that our souls were becoming unaligned. And that's really what it was. There was a disconnect in our alignment with our spiritual beings. And this happens, listen, to pastors. It happens to leaders, people who are on their knees praying every single day, praying over you. And I'm going to say, if it can happen to us, it can happen to you. Mm Mm-hmm. It happens to everyone. No one is immune from the tensions of marriage because we have an enemy of our soul who's trying to destroy, distract, discourage Mm -hmm. us from our relationship. He will cause you guys to start becoming two different visions. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you start misaligning. And now it's starting to affect you in a crazy way. Yeah. And here's the deal. I want to tell you all this. Society would have said we had fallen out of love. Yeah. I just don't love you anymore. Because here goes the reality. After that, I did not want to be around my wife. I didn't want to be in a staff meeting with her. I didn't want to be anywhere close to her. I didn't want to be laying in bed with her. I, we were just so frustrated and so angry with each other, everybody around would have said, oh, you guys have just fallen out of love. Can I tell you? The Spirit said you have fallen out of alignment. Correct. Because love is a choice. Come on. When you wake up daily, you choose your spouse. You choose to say, I love you. You choose to be with them. Love is a choice, so you can't fall out of that choice. It's an it's intentional decision to love somebody. Yeah. So don't let society, you can don't let culture. You choose not to like them. Yeah, because I ain't like you yet. Yeah. I ain't like you. I mean, you can choose not like to love you. them, too. Correct. Yeah. I love you, I but love I you. didn't like you back in the days. No, no, you didn't. You didn't. I love you now. I choose Amen. you Praise daily. I love God, you and choose you daily. You so that has to be a choice. <laughs> that has to be a choice. I choose your spouse. You choose your spouse daily. It's a daily thing when you wake up to choose to love somebody. So check it out. We immediately sought the Spirit. 
Correct. Why? Because marriage is a spiritual covenant, not a legal mm. transaction. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, okay, our souls aren't aligning right now. Correct. Therefore, our spirit our is not Our physical aligned. connection is still very much in alignment. <laughs> but our souls right now are not aligning, and it's starting to frustrate our spiritual life, right? Yeah. So instead of just falling out, we sought spiritual alignment. Yeah. And what we did, I'll tell you just something practical that we did. I don't know. I've had these books on my shelf for the last two years, but for whatever reason, I grabbed this book, and while I was holding this book, my wife just happened to walk into the office at home, and she was like, hey, I, I thought that was like a study you could do. Like, we need to do that together. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we need to. And we're still mad at each other. We're still angry at each other, and it was on the study of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of her lives inside of me. He was like, yep, I got something for y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. And listen, the whole time that we were praying together, I was mad. God, bless my wife. Thank you for her. Even the attitude. God, I just pray that you will be with this marriage. Fix it. I mean, literally, I was mad praying. We would be reading together. What we did was decided before we got out of bed, we would read together and we'd do this study together. And while we're doing it, I'm just like reading to her. And I'm like, ooh, that's good. Isn't that good? No, I'm mad at you. I can't tell you that. <laughs> ooh, babe, did you? Mm. <laughs> but what we started doing was we started seeking proximity. Yeah. If we're out of alignment, we're not going to fully become disengaged. We're just going to force ourselves together. Yeah. So we made a conscious decision and said, if, because we're mad at each other, the enemy comes to seek still kill and destroy yeah, he does. we're gonna just force ourselves to be together well i'm not gonna go sleep on the couch nope she ain't gonna put me on the couch i don't believe in that that's because i paid for that bed just as much as she did that's dumb. so if you want to stay on your side of the bed you mm -hmm. can but that i ain't going to the couch facts. facts so we sought proximity we sought we sought spiritual connection yeah. and we engaged in time investment yeah because why if we get close to god guess what Get close to each other. The Remember the triangle? Healthy relationship? <laughs> Me? You? God? If we're both headed towards God, guess what we're doing? Headed towards each other. Correct. We're getting closer. You want to give him point number three? Point number three, if those are writing down notes, the deepest level of intimacy is only accessed through the word, prayer, and worship. Don't think you could get uh, the intimacy, true intimacy without the word, which is the Bible, God's word, prayer, and worship. See, some of y'all are lacking those three, and you're expecting to have a spiritual intimacy with your spouse, but you're not you're not reading the word together. You're not praying together. You're not worshiping together. How are you going to want something of the spirit if the spirit's not involved? Come on, can we right. celebrate every marriage in this room who showed up to church together? Yeah. You guys are seeking spiritual intimacy together. Yeah. We celebrate that. And if you're dating, come on, let's celebrate the dating yeah. people that are in church together. That's good. Yep. 
And if your husband or your wife is an unbeliever and you showed up to church, Let's guess what? You. You're trying to get to God, so let's celebrate you today. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, God created humanity and marriage, yet we rely on human perspectives to define marriage. Yeah, that don't make no sense. We can't rely on human perspective. We can't, we can't rely on sociology and psychology to, sp to fix spiritual issues. Mm. And yes, therapy is good. Remember, I wear a hat all the time that says God and therapy. Yeah. I believe in therapy, yeah. but I also believe that God first, and then the therapy will stick better. Yeah. Because if we lie just on therapy, therapy will wear out. Yeah. Eventually, we can't go to the same therapist for 50 years. They might die. They might get sick. We might die. We might get sick. But you know who lasts forever? Yeah. Who is always going to be with Come us on, yeah. from death to eternity? Yeah. It's God. Mm -hmm. So I know it takes a lot, and there's a lot of people here. I'm going to go really fast because we don't have a lot of time. Okay. I mean, we've already gone over our time, but let, let me just share this because I think this is really important. Um, a lot of people say, man, it's just hard to like pray with my spouse. It's hard to, you know, worship with my spouse. I don't really do that. I've never really engaged in that. I get it 100%. Let me tell you, it was hard to learn how to walk. You're walking now. Yeah. It was hard to learn how to talk. You're talking now. Correct. It was hard to learn that trade or that job, that skill set to graduate college. And guess what? You're doing that now. It starts with baby steps. Correct. It starts with baby steps. Now, my wife has an Audi SUV, a Q7, and I love it. But I hate the cost. Because mm -hmm. when anything goes down on the truck, I have to take it to the Audi dealership. Right now, I got two lights. I got pulled over yesterday. We got yeah, pulled we over. I'm going to my brother over. and my sister-in-law's house. And the cop pulled us over. He was like, yeah, you got two lights. I was like, technically, it's not the lights. It's an electrical issue. Correct. Hello, somebody. That'll yeah. preach right there. Yeah. A lot of the things you're looking at at your life as an external issue is actually a spiritual issue that's going yeah. on inside yeah. of your marriage. That was a side note. That was yeah, that, that was a side note. That wasn't even in there. But so when the lights go out or there's an electrical issue, I have to take it to the Audi dealership. I can't try to fix it myself. If I do, I might mess stuff up. I might not have the right tools. But here's the deal. When I take it to the Audi dealership, yeah. it comes back with what? A guarantee. Mm -hmm. a warranty yeah. that if this thing goes out you can bring it back we know what to do we created it we know how to fix yeah. it and it's the same thing with our marriage our spiritual investment comes with a guarantee it comes with the warranty where God says I created this yeah, I can I, fix it yeah, can. I can make it healthy I can make it whole yep. and if you keep bringing it back to me it might take a little time but I may not come when you want me to but come I will right be right on time, on yeah. time. Come on. that's so good so, your marriage is a stewardship. Come on, Ben. Come on. We're going to get to this end. Your marriage is a stewardship. Mm -hmm. Your marriage is a stewardship. It's a gift that God has given you. Your relationship is a stewardship that God has given you. Yeah. How are you stewarding it? How are you stewarding it? Maybe that's a question that you get to ask with your own spouse. How are we stewarding this relationship? Mm -hmm. Hey, can, can I talk to the guys for a second? For every, every man in this room, thank you. One dude behind me said, yeah. Because <laughs> whenever we say, can we talk to the guys, all the guys are like, oh, crap, we're about to get beat up. No. <laughs> oh, that is guy, too. Guy. I said, can I talk to all the guys? And guy said, yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 5.25. I want you to write this down if you're a man. I want you to write this, this text down. Ephesians 5.25 says this. 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, or husband-to-be, love your wives, love your future wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let me give you a caveat. Women, do not use this as a way to control your husband. What are you supposed to sacrifice? You're supposed to just give up everything for me. The sad part, especially in church, I see a lot of men who would love to pour out, who love to engage, but because their wives are afraid of losing control, mm-hmm. they use this statement, I'm supposed to be your first ministry. Can I tell you, that's not biblical. That's not in the Bible. Stop using that as a way to control your spouses. Yeah. We submit one unto another. Yeah. But what it does say this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her, that he might purify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Husbands, what are you doing in your relationship that's presenting your wife dirty, that's presenting her not whole? What words are you saying? What are you not doing? How are you not serving her? It says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Can I tell you something, brothers, in this room? Men are supposed to be the spiritual leader of their household. It just said it. All through scripture, it calls men to lead. Remember when Adam and Eve ate the fruit? Who did God go to first? He did not go to Eve. He went to Adam, and he says, Adam, what did you do? I left you with the spiritual authority not to overlord your wife, but to guide and shepherd and lead and protect and serve. So are you loving your wife? Are you sacrificing for your wife? I know you're tired. I know you get home and you just want to watch the game. Scripture tells us, listen, he sanctifies her by the cleansing of water with the word. You speak the word over your life. Your wife, when's the last time you got home from work and instead of going to watch this game or grabbing that beer or doing whatever, going out and working at home, you say, hey, babe, I was thinking about this text all day at work. And I just want, can I pray it over you right now? Can I just remind you of the Proverbs 31 woman that you are and how grateful I am for you? So often I see that women are the spiritual leaders of the house. It was never meant to be that way. And the guys are, well, you know, I just, you know, I really don't have time. It's an investment. And it comes with a guarantee and a warranty. Yeah. If you lean in, God says, listen, I will produce fruit in this relationship yeah. like you've never experienced in your life. Yeah. And that's why in the text that has governed this whole experience with each other, it says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Yeah. Making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Yeah, it, is. it says, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord with your heart. Listen, my brother and I, we grew up with that. Listen, we used to have family worship, and we couldn't stand it growing up because it was just long. (laughs) 
My dad prayed long prayers. But you know what he was modeling? I guess that's why I preach long. Hmm. <laughs> Got it from my daddy. Um, but you know what I realized? He was leading us spiritually. Yeah. He was making the decision and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. And how many guys are going to go home today and say, you know what, babe, I'm sorry. I have not led well. I have not made spirituality and faith to be a priority in this household. We are in a spiritual covenant, yeah. but I've treated it like a legal contract. Mm. That I'm coming today and I'm like, listen, I want to learn to speak life of you. And there might be guys in here, you don't read your word. That's okay. You can start. Yeah. Just start where you are. You don't have to go and pontificate and proliferate this whole scripture and dive deep. Just like the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Just yeah. open the Bible. Start reading the scripture. Mm -hmm. you read Solomon. Your hair is like goats flowing down the mountain. <laughs> and you won't know. She'll be like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> It might become a thing for y'all. I was going to go say something really bad, but I'm not going to say it. But I just, I really want to call the men. How are you presenting your marriage in holiness and splendor to yourself mm -hmm. and to the Lord God? So here goes how you can do that. First, you pray over each other. Just as the word says, shower each other with prayer. Pray for them as they leave. Pray for them as they come in. Pray before you go to sleep. Pray when you wake up. Pray in the shower together. I don't care. Pray together. The next one, encourage one another in the word. Why have you been reading lately? How is God speaking to you in the word? Encourage each other in the word. What have you touched your heart? Are you sharing it with your spouse? Like, oh, I read this and it was so good. I got a revelation. God showed me this. The Holy Spirit pointed me to this verse and I want and then walk in humility. Don't walk like you know it all, because you don't. God's got it all. And don't walk like the sp your spouse has the issue. No. A lot of times it's like, oh, you got the issue. It's your problem. I know I'm a critical person by nature. I am, I am so critical. I'm a negative Nancy, and I can figure out the negative thing in any situation. Like I said, it may be bright and beautiful and sunny outside, and I'll figure out a way to complain. And some of us are just like that. Some of us have grown because of what life has done to us. Yeah. We've got to walk in humility. Let me tell you, can I tell you the greatest gifts that we can give our spouse is when we go to God, like the psalmist on Psalm 139, 23, 24, in regards to our relationship where we say, search me, oh God, yeah. and know my heart. Not search her, God, and know her heart and fix her or fix him and fix, no, search me, oh God. Yeah. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me. Yeah. That's humility. That's coming to my spouse and saying, listen, I'm going to God. I'm asking for refreshing so I can be ready for you, so I can serve you, so I can love you. Why? Because the key is intimacy. Yeah, to a healthy relationship. Yeah. The key is intimacy. Into me, intimacy in marriage. I love this statement. Into me, you see. Mm -hmm. That's intimacy. We're giving each other access to each other. Yeah. We're giving God access to our relationship. Intimacy in marriage is built on three levels. 
sex, which is the physical level, yeah. soul, which is the personality level, mm -hmm. and spiritual, which is the foundational level. And spiritual intimacy is the funnel that leads to the deepest soul of and sex intimacy in our life. Yeah. So remember this triangle that we said this, healthy relationship, me, you, going to God. Well, this is what it looks like in intimacy in our relationship. We start off with the spiritual. This is the foundational. Yeah, Why? Because marriage is a covenant. Yeah. It's a spiritual covenant. The sex is great. It helps build it. The soul is great. It helps build it. And that leads to a healthy relationship. Yeah, we just reverse the funnel. We start here, apart, and then we get to God. Yeah. And then when we get to God, we get back to a healthy to relationship. Yeah. That is the guarantee. That is the warranty that the Lord gives us in our relationship. And the key is intimacy. So we got some homework for you. Mm-hmm. Not like last year, y'all. Not like last week. Somebody came to me. I'm not going to bust you out because you're sitting in this room. Came up to me after I was preaching. Pastor, I'm about to go try that with my man. Hey. I said, praise God. Yes. May you go forth and be fruitful and multiply. Homework for y'all if, if spouses in this room. Gotta I want you guys to ask this question to, today. Sometime, make it a, a priority. Are we walking in the same direction spiritually? And I pray that God will ignite your spiritual intimacy. Because it starts with him. It starts with the spirit. Let me just tell you, I know there's kids in the room. I'm just going to make it a fact. When your spiritual intimacy grows, yeah, the other two are the just The other two amazed. intimacies are going to be exponential. I, I like her more today than I liked her a year ago. I'm more attracted to her today than I'm attracted to her the first day we met. And I had a crush on this girl since freshman year. We didn't even get together till senior year. Yeah. And I was enthralled with her. I was like, man, if I could marry one person, it would be Christine John. And 20 years later, she is more fine. She is more sweet. She looks better. And y'all know I was going to say, and the sex is greater. Yes, hallelujah. Yep. Praise God. It's because of that spiritual. Because of that spiritual intimacy. Yeah. We get to know each other. So that time that we spent just reading together in the morning, that built our soul intimacy again. Yeah, it did. And then it impacted our sexual intimacy again. Yeah, it did. And we can continue to build to help. And let me say this as we close out. Your spiritual intimacy collectively cannot grow unless your spiritual intimacy is growing personally. Correct. So I've just got a call to every single one in this room. How is your spiritual intimacy with God? How is your relationship with God? Are you spending time with the Lord? Yeah. Are you reading his word? Are you praying? Are you engaging in worship? Because I'm telling you, you can't ever get healthy 
to a true point of help because everything is going to come against you in this world. Yeah, it will. Financial issues might come. Health issues might come. Societal, social issues might come. Yeah. I was just uh, talking to a buddy of mine, and there was this couple that they'd been counseling for quite some time. Well, the husband decided after 20 years of marriage, he didn't want to identify as a man anymore and wanted to identify as a woman. And it's just like, man, listen, there's so many things, and it started creating so much friction in this relationship. Let me tell you, you don't know what's going to come at you. The enemy, he is creative. He is creative. Yeah, he is. And so I want to ask you, how is your spiritual intimacy with the Lord? Yeah. If you're in this room and you're like, man, you know what, Pastor? My spiritual intimacy with the Lord has not been very strong. I haven't really been connected. But I've got a spouse. And not only do I want to do it for me, but I also want to do it for them mm -hmm. as well, too. Hello? We're in church. You should have been here. <laughs> all heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you for marriage. Yes, we thank you for how it represents the union between Christ and the church. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the guarantee in Scripture. It says, do not grow weary in doing good. For you will reap the reward if you don't give up. And Lord, it starts with our spiritual intimacy personally with you. And so today, Lord, I just want to pray over every single individual in this room. God, I pray that they will do a soul searching in their own yes, lives. Jesus. And as we get ready to worship, Lord, as we get ready to engage in this, this next song and close out our worship experience, I want to give an opportunity for those in this room who are saying, God, I'm going to take a stand today. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But your household can't serve the Lord if you don't serve the Lord. Yeah. So I wonder who in this room wants to declare, as for me, in my life, I will serve the Lord. And if you want to restore a union and connection with God and saying, God, I have been disconnected and I want to reconnect to you. We're all going to be standing in just a second. So I just want to invite you to stand up wherever you're at. Wherever you're at, just stand up and say, God, I'm, I'm making this stand for you. I see people standing up yeah. already. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, come on. We thank you, Lord. You're saying, Lord, I, I, I can't even do this for my yeah. spouse. I can't do this for my future spouse. I got to do this for me right now. Correct. Yeah. And that will position you to be able to say in the future, ask for me and my house. We'll serve the Lord. God, you see everybody standing here. God, you see the commitment that they're making. Lord, I pray that this commitment will be a covenant just between you and them. God, that you will seal it, that you will guarantee it, and that you will warranty it by the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for every marriage relationship in this room. Lord, I pray that they will grow spiritually. I pray that they will grow sexually. I pray that they will grow personally relationally through their soul 
tie, knit their soul together, Lord. Yes, Lord. Make them be indestructible. Make the marriages fortified in this room. That no matter what the enemy throws their way, while the society may say they're falling out of love, the Holy Spirit, you'll say, no, 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 y'all just falling out of alignment. If you come get close to me, I can restore anything. So I pray for those who have unbelieving spouses. Lord, even scripture says this, that for some of us, we'll be able to save our spouse because of our relationship with you. So God, I pray that you may use us. You may use us to impact our spouses. The God that they will see the God all over us. They'll see Holy Spirit all over us. And they're going to say, man, I want the joy that you have. I want the peace that you have. Why do you still love me even if I don't treat you the way I should treat you? Why do you still serve me even though I don't treat you the way you deserve to be served? And we'll be able to declare it's because of the God that's living in me loves you. And God, may that be a turning point in their lives. So we thank you. We love you now. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.